once again, it's a very good afternoon here on this uh, slightly odd sort of Sunday afternoon as we bring oh, you another session of Two Smoking Guns. Uh, I'm Scotty, and as always, I'm joined by my great mate, still on the other side of the glass in ISO 17.5B or whatever, whatever we're up to or something. Good afternoon to you, Rutsy. And good afternoon to you, Scotty. Yes, ISO. Yeah. Yes. It would be good to see the back of this one. Oh, I tell you what, we're just, uh, we seem to be sort of tracking in the right direction, but anyway, well, we are. I mean, we uh, are. There's a vaccine around the corner, and we'll all be out of this soon. So, yep, that's in it. the meantime, we're just going to make a best fist of it as we can, we do. and we're going to bring you two hours of fun and frivolity today. All right, and uh, we've got a bit of stuff to get through today. I've got no I've, letters I've today. Seen your list? <laughs> and there's a, it's a mighty long laundry. List I've got of stuff I, I, I've gone to deep. I've gone deep today. I've, you I've, have. I've shoveled really deep. Today. You have, and we've got tons of stuff to get through. But yep. off the top, I just want yep. to give it a quick. Shout out to my wife's mother who passed away this week, uh, Isabel Halliday Smythe. So rest in peace. Um, Indeed. She had a great innings. Uh, She made it to 89 and uh, coincidentally almost passed away on the same date as her dear old husband, uh, Neil, who died three years ago, almost to the very day. So um, much loved um, uh, mother and mother-in-law of Robin and Ann Smythe, Margot and Roger Mays, David Beck Smythe, Rowan Andrew Rutter. Much loved and admired grandmother of Will, Tom, Nick. Tim, Kate, Jack, Sam, Bridget, and Angus. Angus, back finally back with Dad, who she missed enormously. So um, she's been a great friend to many over the years, sorely missed, and um, she will say our final goodbyes this week to her. So um, great lady and great innings. Condolences uh, to you and uh, Ro and all the family, mate. And um, as you say, I I did. uh, I was lucky enough to meet her on um, several or many occasions across the uh, the years that we've known each other. So um, yeah, thoughts and prayers during a a tough time. It's a tough time for everyone who loses someone at this time when you can't actually physically go and see them or be with them, and uh, all the physical distancing is um, makes it extra. Extra yeah, it does, mate. It does. Anyway, um, that's um, that's that's that. We've got some other stuff to get into, Scotty. We've um, I've yes. got I've got a bit of a rant today on um, this um, epidemic of runaway stupidity being exhibited by the government. I love it when you've got a rant because oh, it because it means it really has got under every layer. Yeah, <laughs> with I, you, it's, 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 you're the, you're a very tolerant man. But when you I, say to me, I've got a I rant. I read today. something today, and, and <laughs> I if, love it. I could have written the article myself. <laughs> I, <would have. laughs> I love it. I want to. There's a couple of pieces on world records today that, that mm. have slipped under the radar because everyone's just focusing on the AFL. But there's been some major milestones through the week, so I wanted to run you through those. Yeah, great. Um, there's some fast food labelling I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about methane and cows. <laughs> um, I want to talk to you about pineapple eating pigs. Le- le- yeah, left-handers, um, Rubik's Cube. I want to take you through the Royal Mail Hotels in Victoria, Scotty. Oh, I've got love, a special edition I'm on this. Loving that. And uh, and I know you've got a lot of stuff, but I did want to um, also have a chat today about this nonsense that the Bayside Council are entertaining about oh, banning barbecues. So what we'll, we'll, we'll rip right into that one. Well, I, in fact, I even saw a piece on social media this morning saying, for goodness sake, let's not let this get out of hand. Sign this petition Sign this immediately now. and stop this uh, stupidity. Now, I know you've got a bit to get through. Well, I have. I've got, uh, well, uh, Amsterdam's always known for uh, it, some unusual 
things, I guess, and some great things. And um, But it's now, um, uh, we'll come back to it later, but it's installed an open-air public urinal. Mm. So open I'm, air. I'm not quite sure how that's going to go. Uh, I'm going to talk about the uh, the Mike Tyson of the sea. Yes. The man that now punches sharks. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, which is an extraordinary story. And uh, and now what we're being encouraged to do, because we, we're allowed outside in our own back gardens, and you know, you're allowed to go out for a walk. Are you? Um, for an hour. Yeah, for an hour. Yes. Uh, but now they're saying, well, what we should be doing is looking up. And uh, we should be out there birding. Birding. <laughs> so I'll talk to you about birding. I called it twitching yeah, the other day, did. and it wasn't quite right. Well, was it? well that's yeah, but I, didn't you? Find, I thought you did find another you name for it. Yeah, for you it. found something else. Anyway, and snitching, I'm gonna, snitching, maybe or twitching. It was. It was about. It was. <laughs> no, you called it snitching, <laughs> and it was actually. It wasn't think, it, it was something else. I think it's anyway. both wrong. Anyway, yeah, just called it birding. Birding now from now on, and then I'm going to talk to you about the birds that we should be looking for. Oh, good. That are actually uh, are in our garden. Apparently, you little um, ornithologist. Oh, look, uh, don't swear at me. Um, uh, the V8s are back on. Oh, that yes. was, I saw a bit of that yesterday. It was magnificent. Uh, as you say, you're, you're going to tear apart who's ever behind this stupidity around uh, burning off, at, yeah, uh, not yeah. burning off, but uh, barbecues yeah, and whatnot. I tell you what, I've got a neighbour, uh, and I won't say in which direction, uh, just uh, on the off chance they might be listening. Um, they burn off every weekend. Do they? Yeah. They burn they off. got the 44 gallon drum out the back. Oh, I don't know if that's and allowed anymore no, I, than incinerator. I thought that went out about 25 I, years ago. I, it did, because it used to be the smell of autumn. Oh, well, I mean, All when, over Australia, when no, people used to burn their leaves in the gutter. Oh, how good was that? It was fantastic. Wasn't that the best thing ever? When you were playing kick to kick in the street, yeah, and not your, ball, right. your ball went into the fire, <laughs> it wasn't too good. And then you, then you came over, so you'd been to a cigarette festival. <laughs> um, I'm going to talk to you about mullets. Oh, brilliant. Oh, and the, there's a few in the AFL. Oh, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you there's what. A pretty, there's a fair swag of COVID haircuts don't, that defy don't, description. Don't worry about that. They are bang on trend, as they say. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to continue the piece about the 1800s in Melbourne because I got I was fascinated with um, the uh, the uh, crazy old lady that we talked about last week who ran brothels and owned half oh, of Melbourne. I and that was a fascinating oh, story. Oh, it was. And now I'm going to talk to you about the, uh, the Collis family. Uh, in Collingwood, um, uh, around the 1800s, Sly Grog and everything else that goes with it. Oh, brilliant. So um, Look forward that's to that. going to be a bit of fun. Uh, I'm going to talk to you about uh, animals having um, eyes painted on their backsides. Good. <laughs> Good pop by anybody. <laughs> so uh, I'm not going to tell you what that's about. And there's underground posh clothing parties going oh, on. Yes, hey, you right. see that? No. Yeah, and uh, then the new rules around playing Scrabble and uh, and Pictionary. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll talk about that. Uh, a little bit about Rats of Tobruk um, and some link we've got with a, a tree from uh, all the way from between here and England. So, um, oh, anyway, that's to get through. Now, tell me what, because you, you, you're just a genius at this. Mm. You, every week you would, you would endow us with uh, a music thermality. <laughs> Is that a word? It's oh, not. It is now. <laughs> it is now. It's in the Funkin' Wagnalls, yeah, that one. Yeah, it is. Um, do you have a theme for I us, do. Mate? Look, I do. And uh, it's apropos of my Royal Mail um, investigation. Oh, I'm looking for um, it. So I thought I'd go with the theme of messages. Messages? Hmm, oh. Given the Royal Mail is the connection with the, you know, the old... 
well, mail postal you, system. You, you know I can't help myself, don't you? Because yeah. every week I've got to try and guess one of the songs. Yes, that, go, go ahead. Uh, message in a Bottle that's, by Sting. That's, that's on the list. Oh, good. It's on there the we list. go. That's all I need. That's on the list. So uh, we're going to do messages it. today. But before I kick yeah. off, um, I had a magic moment. On oh. Friday morning, no or Saturday morning, I believe it was. Yeah. I was out for my, my constitutional walk, 59 minutes, 59 seconds. <laughs> and and I, was, I was walking down Hampton Beach on the path, yep. and I heard, nice. I heard someone singing. I thought, it's odd. Well. So then I turned around at my end point. I turned around, I came back, and there was a guy on, on one of the groins off Hampton Street Beach. There's about three of them. Yep, and he's at the very end of one of the groins yep. singing. Yeah, and it was a beautiful still morning on Saturday morning, and his voice carried. It was an operatic voice. Wow! And he was singing Madonna songs. He was singing um, like, like a, vir- a prayer. A vir- oh, like a virgin. You know that one? Just like uh-huh. a prayer. But he was singing oh. in an opera voice. Really? And people were just stopping in their tracks, and then they, some of them were pulling out their iPhones to film him and. Then at the end, he finished, and they got a, he got a devotion. <laughs> really? Yeah. And it was just a little magic thing. Did These he have guys a, decided to get out there and just sing. Did he have a little black hat where you could throw no, money no, in? No, no, he was just, just, out, just, there, just out there doing it. it. Yeah, so if anyone knows who he is, yes. um, or why, why he does it, because it was brilliant. He had a really? brilliant voice. Did he? Um, I just thought, gee, you know, there's some little bright moments. So pinpoint this, what, what time of the day was this? This is it early in the morning, was been, it? Around about nine fifteen, right? So around about then. So if you've been down the beach, yeah. nine fifteen, and there, there and, were quite and, a few people there that would remember if they're listening. And <laughs> so text us in if you know who he is, or you know if you you related to him, uh, or you him, <laughs> or you on zero four zero four. Triple zero seven three six. I'd love to find out the backstory. Do you know? And and uh, question without notice to you. Um, have you got any knowledge? Of the lady that runs every single day oh, up yeah, Beach Road. Yeah, the, the lady that's got sort of a bit of a limp. She's got it, yeah, she's sort of got a, an awkward style. She's been doing but, that for about 40 years. But but I've seen her like Port Melbourne. Oh, yeah. And then you know, Sandringham. So I'd love to know. A, I want to know what, what's the go. Yeah. I mean, I mean seriously. She's fit, she, very, seriously fit. But she just runs every single day. Runs and runs like, yeah, and runs. Run, so. I, the, the, I'd love to do. Uh, I'd love to find the story on the running lady. Yeah, the running lady. <laughs> well, that, what, well, it's a nice segue because I wanted to talk to you about a running some story records, today. There's some records broken today. Did you know that the 5K uh, men's world record was broken yesterday? I saw it briefly, now, and I scowled over. Ugandan it. Joshua Cheptegei, and he shattered the much vaunted 16-year-old record. Last set in 2004 yep. by uh, uh, an Ethiopian runner called Kenanisi Bekeli, who yep. took it off Haley Jebrelassi, who was oh, a very, very famous yeah, yeah, Ethiopian yeah. runner as well. Absolutely, uh, Olympian. Um, now, he broke this at the Monaco Diamond League. Um, as I said, it was a 16-year-old record. He clocked 12 minutes 35.36 seconds. So he smashed the previous record by... Almost two seconds. Yeah. Right. And I'm going to break this down for you, Scotty. His splits. You know what a split is? Yes. Well, it's a a, a section of the course whereby you... Each K. Yes. Okay. So the first K, 2.31. 
then 2.35, 2.36, 2.35, 2.32. Came home fast. That's uh, an average of 23.35 kilometres an hour. He ran for 5Ks. And it's it's equivalent to a 15.4 second 100 metre, which you and I couldn't do. Across 5,000 metres? Across 5,000 metres. So it's a, it's really quite remarkable because if you go back to the, the mid sixties, Ron Clark, who was Australian champion five k runner, yep. he was doing at his best time was thirteen minutes twenty five. So that's come full minute since those those times. <sighs> that's it's a, amazing. It's a massive massive difference. So um, that's a record that may never be broken. You say that, but it was a 16-year-old record, so who knows? So wouldn't it be good to actually, so you go get the Ron Clark run and then see how much oh, yeah. by distance oh, yeah. our new boy here is... Well, uh, it's, I mean, it's, a, it's a full minute, so it's going to be... So that's um, going to be, so a split, so it's going to be 500 metres in front of him, roughly? Yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much. Pretty much. Wow. Amazing, isn't it? It's like a full circuit, basically a full, a full circuit a full of a, lap. a full lap. Of a, of so I thought that was remarkable because yeah. I do love I do love my running. Yeah, and um, yeah, and, and I and I looked up just for the sake of the exercise. The fifteen hundred metre record was used to love the fifteen hundred metres at the Olympics because yep. that's almost which, a split, which, which would normally be on <laughs> about now. I know, uh, and that's held by a gentleman called Hisham El Jaruj. Three minutes twenty six, uh, set in nineteen ninety eight. Wow. So that's a 22-year-old record. Three minutes, 26. Anyway, um, the other one I wanted to talk to you about was Chloe McArdle. Chloe McArdle. The long-distance swimmer. Okay. She is about to do her 35th English Channel Crossing. What? Yes, yes. So she's over there at the moment, and sometime tonight, Sunday, tonight, she will be back in the choppy waters of Dover, striking out once again to the French coastline to notch up a record-breaking 35th English Channel swim. Can I ask, given that that's unbelievable, mm. uh, and with the greatest of respect to her, and maybe within the fraternity very well known, but outside of that, why is she not a household name when she's well, got a record is, like that? This is my point. She's about yeah. to become a household name because... Um, the she's um, the only. Do you remember Des Renford? Yes, he did twenty one. Yes. He was a fa- he was a famous name. Susie Moroni. Su- oh yeah, absolutely. Remember Susie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's crossed a few times. Yeah, she did about uh, eight or something like that. Yep. Um, Chloe's done thirty four. About to do thirty five. <sighs> the record she's chasing down. Yeah. Is a Brit British swimmer. Alison Streeter, who's done 43 swims. <laughs> so, can I ask? Can I, I've got one question. Why? <laughs> so, Do you really want to go to France that, that badly? <laughs> I mean, she's an amazing lady, this Chloe McCarty. What's she, the distance she, of the channel between Dover and France? That's a great question. I think it varies, Scotty, because of tides. Oh, uh, okay. So I think it's actually a, um, it's about a 10-hour swim. If, you know, under but, favourable conditions. But is it like just twenty k's or something? No. It's, yeah, but you've got to swim out into a V and in, in tidal and all that sort of miss, stuff. Miss the sharks. Miss, miss the, the sharks <laughs> and the cargo boats and the ferries That's right. and everything else. The odd whale. <laughs> she says um, it's the mecca of open water swimming. It's the busiest ferry route in the world. I just pop my head up and I see a gorgeous ferry floating by or cargo ships. 
in a bathtub as a kid, you have got little boats floating around you. Now I'm on the middle of all these big boats. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit bigger. It's <laughs> a little bit bigger. Anyway, she finances her attempts by coaching others to do long-distance swimming. Wow. So it's remarkable, isn't it? Yeah. So good on her, I say, and that that's news that should be more commonly known. Yeah, no, that, well, that's and, you what, know, you watch. It won't be reported on the news bulletin. No, and that's, you know, but that's this my is, point. This is, I mean, this is an amazing feat by an amazing Australian sportswoman, and it won't be reported because yeah. they'll be reporting somebody who kicked a last-minute goal for the footy or something. Yeah, or, yeah. or, or, or under, underground, you know, underground parties. Yeah, You yeah, know, me yeah, anyway. Jack Diddley. Anyway, so good on you, yeah, um, Chloe, Chloe, and good Chloe. And good on you, Joshua. What, what do you say to the swimmer? You can't say to the swimmer, break a leg. What do you what do you do? <laughs> May your lungs not get filled May with your water. lungs remain. <laughs> yes. oh. May you not be bitten by blue bottles. Well that's and, right. Uh, watch out yeah, watch, watch out for the uh, watch out for the sharky boys. So there you go. Um, so good on them. All right. Very good. Um, where should we hunt now? Well, do you, do you want to dive into this nonsense that the Bayside oh, Council are let, reporting? Let, let, let's, let's, just, let's just lob this hand we, grenade straight up the road well, here to Parliament and I'll Street. I'll tell you what, if you're not finished by the time Bayside. we're going to go to a sponsor break, we'll, we'll come back and we'll keep smashing it out this because is I'm a, right with you. This is a plan to ban barbecue, backyard barbecues and fire pits in Bayside suburbs. Bayside residents are saying it's un-Australian and hear, hear to that. Their proposal would ban... This is the Bayside Council. I don't know, can't believe that they're... they're, they're so this is how it started, right? There was a petition by some people yep. urging them to ban offensive emissions, right? Yep. It garnered five signatures. That was enough to prompt local government action. Five signatures, right? So... You know, the proposal would ban the burning of solid fuels, wood, charcoal, outdoors for either cooking or heating. So you're effectively banning barbecues, fire pits, um, meat smokers, um, chimneyers, pizza ovens. It's just absolutely outrageous. Isn't that the joy, though, of of the society that we live in, that we, you know, we, we grew up. You know, we're, we're almost given birth on a barbecue. <laughs> Mate, there's nothing I mean, better than the smell oh, of smoke. Oh, and, and I've got, you know, it's again, one, one of the neighbours at home, I don't know, I just, every time I, you know, if I walk out the back door and they've got a barbecue, it just sort of wafts over and it just carries you. Is there a better uh, smell nah. than than onions cooking? Nah, nah. Or sausages cooking on a barbecue? Nah, there's tell, no better smell in, in the world than that. And I'll tell you what, the smell of actually doing bacon and eggs and onions on the barbie outside is infinitesimally better oh, yeah. than doing it on the pan inside the house. It's oh, just yeah. got a whole different smell to it. So oh, um, This is outrageous! So Bayside Council said it's seeking feedback on the proposed changes. Oh, we'll give them feedback. <laughs> Where would you like us there to start? There is a Have Your Say website, Scotty, that we will be going to. Yep, absolutely. And it states that the changes would only be considered if there was strong community support. I don't think there'll be strong community well, and, support and, and, for this and, one, mate. And may we speak, uh, do you think we're allowed to speak on behalf of um, uh, Southern FM 88.3? No, no, our opinions remain ourselves, oh, okay. uh, those of the two smoking I guns, wouldn't have thought to the Sir station as a Buffington, Tuffington, <laughs> the third. But I wouldn't, allegedly, I wouldn't have thought that the station as a collective would be supportive of this. I just think that's very unbasic. 
a Bayside like. resident here who I won't name, but oh. she said she... Go on. She said she... Karen? No, it's Karen. <laughs> no, it's not Karen. <laughs> she said, and I thought this is a good way of summing up what is a, a bit... Of, it's a puff piece, I think. It's just designed to get people's attention like me and to get me fired up. But uh, she said, while she appreciated the opportunity for people to voice their opinions, she hoped common sense would prevail. I just don't see how you can ban barbecues in Australia, she said. Full stop, end of story. It's like saying you're not allowed to breathe. Yeah. You know, or you're not allowed to go to the pub ever. Or you you can't leave your house ever. Yeah, you're not allowed to drink cold beer ever. It has to be warm. Have you ever heard anything so ridiculous? I've never heard anything so ridiculous in all my life. Now, we'll. um, We'll go to a sponsor break. Catch our breaths. <laughs> Nanny State. Woo! Nanny State. Warning. Warning. And, when we, and off the break, we'll have the first song in the uh, thematic of messages. Lovely. Yes. When your future feels uncertain, it's time to ask for help. Bendigo Bank has been helping our customers through tough times for over 160 years. If you're a Bendigo Bank customer, talk to us about ways we can help you through this one. We have financial assistance packages available, so don't wait. Visit our website or contact your local Bendigo Bank branch. Together, we'll see you through to better times. Bendigo Bank, the better big bank. Southern FM sponsor. Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install block-out blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 9502-1414. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM sponsor. Oh, hi. It's so nice to see you. I wanted to grab a minute and tell you that I registered to become an organ and tissue donor. But it doesn't stop there, because there's always someone who'll need a transplant in Australia, which means we can all do more. We can all talk to our friends and family, tell them we want to be a donor, and encourage them to register too. So what about you? Will you say yes as well? It only takes a minute to register at donatelife.gov.au. This project is sponsored by the Organ and Tissue Authority. Hi, I'm Victoria's Chief Health Officer, Brett Sutton. Right now, we're experiencing higher rates of community transmission of coronavirus. That means it's more important than ever that we each do what we can to protect ourselves and each other. Wearing a mask will provide you with a physical barrier to coronavirus. But we also need to remember, masks are not the only way to stay safe. Wherever you can, keep one and a half metres apart from others, wash your hands often and cough or sneeze into a tissue or your elbow. And if you have symptoms, get tested. Victoria... Let's stay home and let's stay safe. Southern FM. The sounds of the Bayside.
Police, mate, and as we've done on this show before, we've uh, they're my favourite three-piece band of all time. We did that countdown yep. um, a little while back, yep, and we did. Uh, they came up number one. They're a great band. Now, the only the, uh, my only comment is I, I think uh, I think they're fantastic. Uh, I think in that song uh, they just sang about fifteen too many. I'm sending out an SOS yeah, at I the think, end. Can, at the end, you can almost oh, you can you almost hear shut up. You can almost hear Sting gasping for breath. <laughs> He's sitting out of SOS, all right. He needed a defibrillator. Yeah. It's gone mad. It is. And then uh, he did that without loops back in the day. No, that's too. right. Yeah, exactly. It was, uh, what was that? that's free balling. <laughs> that yeah, that's right. I don't know if he now, was doing that while he was singing. He's got oh, him in mind. Just um, as a euphemism, you know, yeah. is all I'm trying to suggest. Now, can I talk to you about um, peeing in public? Yeah, well, you can. You can. I'll uh, tell you what. I, I sort of a, strong uh, language warning. Uh, uh, well, no, it's, it's it's all quite safe. Um, but this, the, the, when I started to read the story, I was fascinated, and then as I got further into it, I got even more fascinated because it's got some twists and turns that are just tremendous. If I can share this with you, yeah, please. Um, do. So this is uh, so we're titled up. Uh, there's always somewhere to go in Amsterdam. Um, so you're thinking, you know, tourism, things to see, you know, galleries and. No, uh, Amsterdam has installed their first open-air public urinals. Open-air? <laughs> open-air open public air. urinals. But they're topped with planters. Oh, that's nice. Yes. Uh, and they can harvest urine to tackle the scourge of so-called wild peeing. <laughs> I see what bit of wild peeing got, going got, on in Amsterdam, they got wild it? peeing going on in, uh, in Amsterdam. So uh, 12 green pea urinals were unveiled last week 
in the red light district. That's a good spot for them. <laughs> and popular night spots of uh, Lidschplein and Rembrandtplein. Um, by the day, they are closed and hard to distinguish from normal planters. Right. At night, they are discreetly lit. <laughs> Pee here. A big arrow. And a, you know, the big hand. <laughs> down, down, prizes yeah, are down. Sort of discreetly arrow. lit and tourist, and tourist guides ah. point them out for passers-by who find themselves caught short. Caught short. <laughs> uh, wow. The authorities say this helps prevent unhygienic late-night public urination that can damage buildings and create unpleasant odours. Mm. Uh, Richard D. Vries, inventor of the green pea... <laughs> the green... Is that what it's, it's called? It's called the green pea. Right. Um, peeing against a wall is going to damage uh, historic buildings. It's dirty, unhygienic, and it attracts flies. <laughs> <laughs> We came up with the idea of a planter to help uh, to uh, to help uh, green the city and provide something we can make fertilizer from. Oh, good! Yeah. So uh, he's gone. He's gone the whole nine yards. Uh, so Green Prix, uh, he's also supplied to three other Dutch cities and one in Belgium. His company regularly removes the urine for processing and uh, phosphate harvesting. Yeah, phosphate. Yep. While the plants are fed continuously from rainwater uh, reservoirs uh, and long cotton wicks. Oh, it's got everything, yes. Um, he insists the urinals are odour-free. A spokesman for Amsterdam Council said it spent about $91,000 on the urinals. He said that the pilot scheme appeared to have been successful, with 49% decrease in the number of people urinating publicly in the Schlappenstieg Alley. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. I love it when you get these oh, alleys. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what. I'm... The Schlepton Stieg. <laughs> it's uh, Schlepton Stieg Alley. Uh, pardon those uh, who don't know how to pronounce that. Um, as in all other cities, including London, open urinals have had a mixed reception. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't you love those classic words, you know, mixed reception? In other words, they think they're bloody awful. <laughs> or a missed reception. Because <laughs> people that are using... Uh, that, oh. that are doing wild peeing no, I think it's a, are typically those that have had a, a wild night uh, uh, on the gas uh, uh, and uh, their aim is not true. Uh, and therefore, the, they've had a pissed reception. <laughs> <laughs> one Amsterdam resident sh- said she would not expect one in her street or near uh, the Leedster Plain and would complain to the council. A German tourist said he was puzzled why anyone would want to choose an open-air urinal over an indoor public lavatory. Guess what, mate? They're caught short. Yeah. <laughs> they can't make the indoor Find one. Find a tree. Find uh, a tree. A French, a French tourist called them a good idea, although it might be a bit embarrassing to use them if there were crowds. <laughs> <laughs> I don't reckon... Which is why people go down an alley in the first place. I don't reckon if you're three-quarters cut, you're caught short, do you reckon they give a flying toss about anybody noticing them pee? They used to do it at Victoria Park at 3.40 in the afternoon. They did, during the game. Yeah, when they couldn't that. get inside the urinal out there, they just peed up against the wall. Or against other people. Or against other people. Or just stood there and peed yeah. and didn't move and didn't feel it. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's anyway. a colossal, sounds like a colossal waste of money, but there you go. Anyway. Can I go you... from that to pineapple eating pigs? Oh, <laughs> because this is an interesting one. Why is it on a pizza? No, this is a, <laughs> this is the, this is a nasal spray that could prevent COVID. Wow. Um, inspired by pineapple-eating pigs. 
yeah. an accidental discovery, but one that may be a game changer in the race for COVID-19 treatment. Love it. So what it is, um, it, um, it was a drug with the enzyme bromelain. So bromelain is from pineapple stems, and it's widely right. used to treat Burns patients. Right. When pineapple residue from the factories that were making this bromelain was fed to pigs. I don't know why they were feeding them to pigs. Right. Run out of things to eat, pigs, or they just eat anything. Yep. The pigs didn't get gastrointestinal problems like parasites and infections. So they've backed, they've worked that back to potentially a spray that would stop the spread of the virus getting from the nose into the lungs. Wow. So, good on pineapples and good on pigs. I, I think your first answer was correct. I think they just eat anything. <laughs> yeah, I think they probably do. And if you've watched Silence of the Lambs, even people. So, it's been <laughs> trialled. So, it's, it's, it's the bromelain and it's also this other um, thing. It's, it's been used in cancer patients. It extends wow. their lives. Um, and it's getting um, tested at the moment in um, laboratories around the country. This has got to be right up there with uh, cannabis oil, does it not? Well, I think, you know, um, the cure, the the cure for this thing will come from the most unexpected corners, <laughs> yeah. right? A pig farting. So a pig, <laughs> a pig eating pineapples is not the strangest thing I've heard oh, uh, in the last little while. So. Hey, uh, have you got any sense, and just to what I just said uh, just a second ago, I'm, I'm fascinated around this whole um, hemp oil and uh, um, and the treatment and what it's uh, what it's capable of doing or alleviating in a in a medicinal sense so, yeah I haven't studied it but um, so cannabis oil yes. and uh, but I just I just keep reading more and more and more very about, useful in uh, cancer yeah but every, pain but everything reduction. like rheumatoid arthritis yep. children yep. with chronic asthma conditions and and I'll stand corrected and, and if I've read that incorrectly but um, there just seems to be this enormous groundswell of, um, and I think there's a whole uh, underground market um, that sadly are currently breaking the law, albeit that I think we now have one or two legalised operations that actually produce this medicinally. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. And it needs to get all the government funding it, 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 it does. requires. It does. Because, um, We're not advocating it. It's minus the... Um, the well, it's the, legal now. It's, it's minus the ingredient that, um, that sends you off your rocker. Gives you a high. <laughs> yeah. 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 So whatever it is, uh, and, you know, sadly, you know, I hate to think, you know, for years and years, all those people that were having to go underground and, and effectively break the law in order to give somebody a, a better quality of life. And I just think that's just dreadful. Just get on, get on with it. Get on with Find it. That, I mean, if we've got injecting rooms... In the CBD, if we can't, then you know, use, put put all the rules and regs. Ingredients. Oh, hundred yeah, percent. That's right. A hundred percent. Anyway, that's uh, just a little uh, side piece off the back of yours, um, which is yeah, yeah. Just just get on and do these things, you know. Like, hey, Scotty, I've, I I saw through the week too. I don't know if this is of interest to you. I don't know if you're a, someone who likes a burger or fast food of any description, but what? there are plenty that do. I just haven't had one for a long time. No, I had an egg yeah. and bacon burger that I made myself this morning, which oh, is yeah, pretty nice. They're good. Um, but this is um, this is a fight to find out what's in our burgers and fries. Um, and it's ramped up with the federal government demanding that fast food chains reveal where they buy their ingredients. Ah. So this is quite interesting, right. I thought. So this is the country of origin information on products so customers know how much Aussie produce is in each meal. 
right? Yep. So you want to know where your food comes from. Um, and so what, what Domino's and Vo- McDonald's are doing is they're voluntarily going to introduce the change. Other ma- major outlets have refused to even show up to meetings with the federal government. Oh, no tish. So- <laughs> <laughs> New McDonald's labels, which are to be rolled out today, will reveal that 99% of the fries sold at McDonald's come from Australia. Right. Compared to 75% of the ingredients in chicken nuggets. Oh, now, I got a I got a supplementary question of this. Oh. I would love to know what's in a chicken nugget to begin with. <laughs> to begin Correct. with, because I don't reckon it's all chicken. Oh, I tell you what, uh, uh, you, uh, you, you don't you don't even want to break one open and have a look at it. And if we because... go down this track, we will for once and forever solve the mystery of what's in a chico roll. <laughs> We never want to know that. They're just too good. (laughs) (laughs) Or, even more, what's in a dim sim? You don't want to know. Can you imagine? (laughs) So, um, this will be interesting because... Um, it's a good. It's good. It's good for good for Aussie farmers, right? Yeah. You know, yep. we, they they should all be buying locally sourced ingredients. Don't uh, don't the Arches people claim that it's uh, all one hundred percent beef, uh, Australian beef? Oh yeah. Well, a quarter pound has got eighty five percent of its ingredients from Australia. A Big Mac eighty two percent. A Thick Shake eighty seven percent. Now, a Thick Shake. If there's any milk in a Thick Shake, I'll go heat. <laughs> Um, 75% chicken nuggets in Australia, 99% um, fries. Most of the fries, incidentally, are from Tassie. Right. Yep. Right. Um, So um, I think this is good. I think this is good. I think we want to know that um, our uh, restaurants, our fast food restaurants, are supporting local farmers. And I'd also like to know actually what's in things. That yeah. would be fascinating. I'd like, uh, I'd like sugar, a... tick, oh, yeah. salt, salt, salt tick. sodium, <laughs> meat questionable, <laughs> meat substitute, yeah. Yeah. tick, anything edible, <laughs> questionable. I'd uh, like, uh, I'd like the red MSG tick. I'd like the red chicken people to uh, to oh, run, uh, cover yeah. some of their some of their things. What do you reckon's in their batter? Oh. <laughs> what do you reckon's in their forty five finger licking? You know, so is this, some is this something we're going to be able to find out, or we're just going to have to sort of watch this space? No, well, I think the federal government are going to mandate this, so then we we know what they're you know where they're sourcing their food. The next step would be getting them to disclose what's actually so, in the. So food. when you get when you get your next burger, is it going to have a little tab on the meat <laughs> saying made in Africa <laughs> or yeah. uh, made in Uganda or, or could just, made in Tesla? They could tell you which part of it wasn't coming from Australia, so they, you could take it out, like yeah. the gherkins. <laughs> oh, I, I could. Oh, I can't take the gherkins out. They're almost the best bit. <laughs> They're the freshest bit in. The- I tell you what, is the gherkin the most polarizing part of any hamburger that you've? ever seen where people go... Not for me. Oh, no, I'm saying. But I I see people that pick them out. You know what it is for me in those fast food burgers? It's the cheese. Because it's that yellow oh, plastic yeah. cheese. Yeah, it's like it's fun. disgusting. It's, yeah, it's um, and it coagulates if it goes cold. And it's you what? could. I mean, you could you could you could put you could use it as brick make brick laying sort of you know compound. It's well, terrible. It, it could be like you, you could make a ceramic table. <laughs> <laughs> why, I, can't, um, why can't they use the cheese 
like we buy at the you know supermarket. I don't know. They have, they, have nice to, they have to make it like it's been infected by some nuclear accident. <laughs> anyway, we've got to take a break. We will. We'll see you in a minute. Right. Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install block-out blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 9502-1414. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM sponsor. Hi, I'm Victoria's Chief Health Officer Brett Sutton. Right now we're experiencing higher rates of community transmission of coronavirus. That means it's more important than ever that we each do what we can to protect ourselves and each other. Wearing a mask will provide you with a physical barrier to coronavirus. But we also need to remember, masks are not the only way to stay safe. Wherever you can, keep one and a half metres apart from others, wash your hands often and cough or sneeze into a tissue or your elbow. And if you have symptoms, get tested. Victoria, let's stay home and let's stay safe. We don't stand so close in supermarket aisles. We got to keep our masks on just for a little while. And if it's safe to stay at home, then just stay at home. We got to all grow up and do whatever helps us move along. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about all of us together. It's what we need to do. But we don't need to hug or kiss someone. Hello. You can share the love and get it on much later on. And if you think this craziness will all be over soon, we got a long, long way to go. So it's what we need to do. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about all of us together. It's what we need to do. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about all of us together. It's what we need to do. It's about all of us together. It's what we need to do. It's about all of us together. It's what we need to do.
Scotty, now there's probably one you don't know. <laughs> tick, a tick. That's, that's, uh, that's one I don't know. I've, I've never been heard before. listening to those guys all week. It's a Have band you? called World Party. So go to your Spotify and type in World Party. World Party. They had a massive song called Ship of Fools, which you've probably oh, yes. heard before. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah absolutely. But that's uh, that's another great song off. Uh, off off them and it's called put the message in the box and it's another message song for today scotty right and um you'll find um they were the guys it was kurt that's kurt vollinger's band and he used to be in the water boys and you might remember the water boys can you give me a tune the water boys what what Um, they sing Oh, they sang a whole bunch of stuff. Did they? Um, I might know their tune, but they not, were not know who, who yeah, they were. The Water Boys were. was with Mike Scott. They formed uh, the Water Boys back oh, going in the eighties. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, oh, look, anyway, I'll find a song by the Water Boys. But um, anyway, World Party, mate. Look them up. They're very, World very good. Party. All right. Yeah. Can I talk to you about um, the Mike Tyson of the Ocean? Oh, please. <laughs> It's actually a really... Um, hole of the Moon is the song I was trying to think of. Hole of the, oh. the Hole of the Moon. You've seen the yeah, Crescent. I've seen the Hole of the Moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. Anyway. Yep. Go. Yep. Go with um, the Mike Tyson on the show. Well, thing. yeah. This is... Uh, mate, I'll tell you what. This is right up there. Um, so this is up in the uh, New South Wales uh, beach. Uh, husband and wife were out uh, having a bit of a paddle about 9.30. Um 
And witnesses uh, in the water said uh, all of a sudden there was just the most craziest scream they've ever heard. Mm-hmm. So I'll go back and I'll just uh, I'll put it all together. <clears throat> uh, witnesses described um, Mark Rapley's bravery um, uh, to save the life of Chantel Doyle uh, as she was attacked by a shark which wouldn't let go. Oh, God. Um, so this is at Shelley Beach, Port Macquarie. Two to three meter great white um, were in, uh, inflicted. Two point three meters. Two to three meters. Two to three. So meters. yeah. So, but there's a big difference between two and three, right? So, well, I mean, two is a six foot sixer, and three is a ten footer. So, it's, and it's, their jaw size, yeah. therefore, is. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, doesn't, I don't care what size they are. <laughs> I don't want to be having lunch with them. Um, anyway, two to three metres great weight inflicted serious bite injuries to her calf and thigh. Yeah. So, you know, you've yep. got some pretty serious uh, arteries and veins and yeah. things that run down in that area. Yeah. And um, uh, and this thing wouldn't let go. Right. right. So... Um, there's a surfer nearby uh, who said he heard a piercing scream uh, that came from his left when a shark attacked as Miss Doyle 35 was sitting on her board in small surf. So possibly she's sitting upright yep. with her legs dangling Correct. either side of the board. Just, and just waiting for the swell. Yeah, and, uh, and the uh, mm. old sharky's come along and gone, yep. well, there's a chicken wing or two. Yep. And uh, chomp. Chomp. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, fellow witnesses said it was unbelievable. The scream was incredible and there was splashing everywhere. Mark, her partner, got up on the board. Uh, Mark was a hero. He started laying into the shark because it wouldn't let go. He just started uh, whacking it. Yeah. Um, if he hadn't put his own life at risk, uh, it would have been uh, strong enough to take her out to sea. He was incredible. Um, there was another chap with his 16-year-old daughter that were nearby. We all applauded. Well, sorry, not plotted. We all paddled straight back to, towards Chantel. Shark retreated, um, but he actually got off his board into the water to punch the living suitcase out of this thing and get it off her leg. You are and kidding then, me. Nah, and then they got her to the shore, and then somebody's actually grabbed a leg rope and uh, applied a tourniquet, and she's gone to hospital, and she's still alive. But and she he's was jumped into the water. He's jumped into the water. Thrashing shark. Two to three made a great white shark. Started whacking it. The, a couple of uppercuts. Yeah, just you know, a couple uh, of jabs. The, one two. One two. <laughs> That's uh, like Rocky in the abattoir punching mate, the meat. I'll tell you what. It, but it, this is live meat. So so let's let's go one further. If you're in the uh, in the Zambezi. And uh, you're having a bit of a, a, a splash and a wash, and a crocodile comes along, and it's got you. Are you going to go and punch a crocodile? Well, this guy would. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wow, that's um, incredible. How? I mean, how she didn't lose her leg to begin with? I mean, the, because the the crushing power of, yeah. of sharks jaws is it's just enormous. off the charts. Well, well, like, uh, it's that, like two or three ton per square they inch. Become or locked, so they become locked. They their jaws lock. Yeah, and mm. and but then they come out. So the mouth opens and the the yeah. jaw actually comes out, the teeth go, and they chomp down and then come yeah. back in. So, uh, and that must have all happened in a split second, Amazing. surely. But um, what a hero! So jumped off, punched the suitcase out of it, and uh, got her back to shore, and she's alive. Buy so, the man a beer. Go oh, on. you need more than a beer. I'll tell that's you. fantastic. Um, it's a, it's extraordinary. Um, and, and on uh, animals, could I just go? Uh, I'll go one more. Um, uh, this is entitled Bullseye, I'm No Target. Oh, yes. oh, I tell you Tell what, me about uh, it. Yeah, this is a beauty. Um, have you ever seen um, uh, 
there's a, one of the car- one of the cartoon uh, blokes who sort of does drawings. He puts out a calendar every year, and I'll, I'll never forget. Um, there was a uh, an image of uh, I think it was uh, it was two bears in the forest. Yeah, and, two uh, bears, yeah, two bears. Yeah, sounds like the start uh, of a joke, yeah, Scotty. They, there were two bears, <laughs> um, and and there's just a caption. So there's one bear standing there with his hands on his hips, um, and he he's got a big, you know, the target yeah, sign, yeah. And, and the other one's standing there looking at him. He says. Hell of a birthmark, Hal. Oh, that's, that's Gary Larson. That's Gary Larson. Yeah, yeah Gary yeah. Larson's a genius. Hell of a, hell of a birthmark, Hal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so what they're doing, uh, this is in Cape Town, they're painting eyes on the backsides of cattle in order to deter lions and other, pre- to deter lions and other predators. A cross uh, uh, daubed on a cow's flank also made carnivores think twice. So all our little dingoes and mm. other nasties, they're all going, mm, mm, what, the, what the? Hell of a birthmark. <laughs> <laughs> Research was done in uh, Botswana, uh, in the... the Okavango, uh, Okavango Delta, yep. where attacks on livestock often led to farmers killing predators in retaliation. The theory of the four-year study was that such markings could trick predators into thinking they had lost advantage of surprise. Ah. So now they reckon their eyes are on their ass, <laughs> then they, they can see them coming. A lot of, a lot of fish. <laughs> A lot of fish of those sort of markings. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah for that for, reason. For natural yeah. protection. Mm. And why uh, the octopus can sort of change its colours and yeah. blend in. Chameleons and, you know, I mean, and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's fascinating. Uh, 14 herds that had suffered line attacks uh, were used. A third of each herd was painted with an eye spot on the rump. Too bad if you didn't get a paint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Short straw. Uh, a, th- a third with a cross. And the rest left unmarked. So it's a bit like, you know, when you get picked out for the, you know, you're going to play, you're gonna play on my team. It's like, <laughs> and you're the last one there. You go, sorry. Great, right, great. Right. <laughs> so a third of them, uh, third of them, pl- them perished <laughs> in pursuit of the saving of two thirds. Uh, none of the cows painted with an eye was killed. Four cross painted. Uh, and 15 clean-skinned cattle were attacked. So even some with um, cross-painted still got a little chomp of something. Oh, well, good good on them. So anyway, that good seems to them. work. And, uh, and, and is that the same theory as people that sort of paint eyes on the back of their bicycle helmets? Yes. And, and have, to, to scare and, off and the magpies. And have the plastic garden tires coming up yeah, to the right. top of their helmets. That's, 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 is that the swooping thing? birds. Is that the funniest thing you've ever seen? Yeah. Oh, I tell you. They tell me they're effective, though. Well, uh, I, you, you don't want to get swooped by those things. Nah. They, 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 get, they get a bit grumpy. Yeah. And um, I, I, don't, yeah, I don't actually want to uh, head Swooping birds. Birds are a thing, right? Especially yeah, it's, well, swooping season. Yes, yeah, it's swooping season. I've been swooped before. I was swooped at outside the uh, Middle Brighton railway station. I just got off um, the train. Yep. Um, it was late, later than I'd normally come back, so I was I'm up by myself. Yep. And uh, next thing I heard, I just hit, got this bang on the side of my head. Wow. And it was a it was a bird, and I it cut my ear open. Really? Yeah. yeah. I've been snapped at once. I was playing golf up at uh, in Queensland, out the back of uh, out the back of Noosa somewhere, and uh, I remember walking down a particular fairway, and I didn't didn't see this thing coming, and I didn't it didn't get me, but it basically flew at me and sort of snapped its beak, sort of so you can yeah. you can hear it. It's like my God, what yeah. was that? Oh, yeah. That wouldn't have tickled. No, they're pretty pretty protective. Yeah, the and they're they're incredibly intelligent. Is that right? Magpies. Oh. Yeah. 
It's um, if you go and uh, if you go and find, you go and do some research about magpies that mimic other birds and other noises. Really, and you'll get blown off your chair. Yeah. Go and have a look at it. It's uh, it's a thing, and uh, they're a very highly intelligent bird. So there you go. All right. Now, well, Scotty, I want to take you somewhere today. All right. Because where are we I, going? Um, well, I was. It, it's it's as a change of pace. I decided to watch a show on during the week with my wife. It was called Farmer Wants a Wife. Oh dear. So I won't do a critique of the show because I did get a little bit vocal and I was making a lot of suggestions that were unwarranted. Get and, off! Uh, pretty, pretty much. But um, on one of their dates, yes. Oh no! I, and I forgot to write down, but some of them you would have loved their job titles. Oh really? There was one that was an eyebrow technician. Oh, an eyebrow. Technician. You know, you know, yeah. you know the ones. That, yeah. We've been through these before. Yeah. Um, not real jobs, you know. No. Um, but it. The, he took um, one of the girls to uh, on a date in Tamworth, they were, yeah. and they went to the Royal Mail Hotel. Yeah. So it prompted me, because I suggested on the couch, I'd had a, a few, and, right. and I thought to myself, there must be a lot of Royal Mail, Ho- Royal Mail Hotels in Australia, because I reckon I've seen one in, in most country pubs yeah. that I've been through. Yeah. You know, it's there's, a very good there's question a common name. It's a common name for a pub. Yep. So what I did, Scotty, is I went, uh, I did a bit of Googling, <laughs> and um, it turns out there are 12 um, Royal Mail Hotels in Victoria. There I'm, may be more. I'm staggered by that. But I've found 12. Right. Good. And I'm going to take you through each of them. Yep. And I've uh, selected what I'm going to have off the menu oh, at, uh, at said pubs for lunch, because I'm going to make it my mission next year when we get out of lockdown, yep. and I do more... Uh, country visits because I'm not sure whether we'll be allowed over yeah, the border. No, I'm not sure. I'm going to go and have lunch at each of these Royal Mail pubs uh, and as, as, as my service to you and to this community. Right. So I can then report back. And then play golf as well. And, oh, there'll be okay. lots of that. <laughs> now, can so I... So we're going to start. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I've got another question yes. for you when you've finished. Yes. All yes. right. So you go. Well, I'm going to I'm I'm take hear a this. quick little break. And then I'm right. going to come back and I'm going to talk to you about um, the Royal Mail Mulwhaler. Mulwhaler? Yeah, that's where we're going to start. All right. Back in a sec. Right. Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install blockout blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians, and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 9502 1414. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM sponsor. From Sandringham to South Yarra, you're listening to Southern FM. Okay, this is the Royal Melbourne Hotel Countdown. So we're going to Club Mulwala, um, just down the road from Club Mulwala, is yep. the Royal Mail Mulwala. Yep. And what we're having for lunch there, Scotty, is their burger with the lot. Wow. Now, this is what I call a burger with the lot. <laughs> just just name, name check these ingredients because I don't think they've missed any. Okay. So they've got beef, yep. lettuce, tomato, beetroot, yes. Yes. Caramelised onion. Yes. Bacon. Yep. Egg. Yep. Cheese and tomato relish Ooh. with a side of chips Ooh. and a pot. That's what we're having for lunch there. 
That's and then, magnificent. And then that, that's a serious that's burger. That's a serious burger, right? Yep. And then we're going to the Royal Mail at Yay. And we're mm. having... It's a very good-looking pub, if you go to their website. Very, yep. very good-looking yep. pub. We're having the surf and turf there, Scotty. Ah. We're having the 350-gram scotch fillet oh, with yeah. garlic prawns, calamari, and a garlic sauce. Right. Can you give me prices on these as well? Did well, you, did I, you write ca- the price a couple down? of them had prices. I didn't write them all right down. Right, okay. Then we're going to go to the Royal Mail at Biragurra, which is near Bray. Biragurra. And we're going to have... Oh, geez, the, and they had a picture of these. <laughs> the lamb shanks with peas, mash and gravy. Oh, wow. Isn't that a great yeah, line? That's a country... Yeah. I'll be going there in wintertime. Yeah, yeah, that's a... That's and I'll a, be having that with a nice red. That's a Sunday and don't that's come back till Monday. Sunday, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then we're off to the Royal Mail at Nagambi. Nagambi's yep. just in Ballarat that way. Yep. And we're going to have their Fireball Palmer. Fireball? <laughs> it's a Palmer. Wow. But it's got extra hot sauce, hot salami, and jalapenos. Gee whiz. Oh, that, we're going to wash that down with a cold cup. Uh, that's fiery. Yeah. That's real fiery. Now, then we're going to go to the Royal Mail at Witchy Proof. Yeah. Um, is they that didn't have Shepparton Way? Well, is that, yeah. Is that north That's That's west? right. Yeah, that's out that way. Yep. Um, did, didn't look like a great pub. Oh. Uh, so we're just going to have a, have a pot and, a, and, a, and some chips there. <laughs> that's what we're having there. <laughs> a toasted sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> but well, then we're going to uh, the Royal Mail at Marupna. Now I know exactly. My mother, Marupna. My mother worked at Marupna. There you go. There you go. And they've got a ten dollars special. It's Come the on. blue grenadier with chips and salad. What? No aioli. Blue grenadier, chips and salad, ten dollars. I bet you get about two or three pieces too. You do. It's a nice big yep. piece of blue grenadier yep. there. Yep. So we're going to there. Yep. I might, we might go together there. Marupna, and then well, that's just it's about ten minutes from Shep from yep. Shepparton. Correct. Yep. Correct. Yep. So then we're going to um, we're going to go over to the Royal Mail, Mail at Warwicknabeel. Yes, and got we're, it. they've got a lovely barra mundi with salad and chips. Barra, barra, right? Nice piece of grilled barra. It might have, uh, where would the barra have come from? I don't know. The Northern Territory. <laughs> it's a long way from the Northern Territory. Anyway, anyway uh, yeah. the Royal Mail at Whittlesea. Yes. Um, we're going Just there for north. $20 Thursday steak night ah. um, for the 400 gram is it, uh, rump. Oh, it's the, I was going to say, is it the rump at the T-bone or the porterhouse? It's called the 400 gram rump, rump. sizzler. Oh, yeah. Love it. With a choice of sauces and steaks from the oh. uh, the, the, the smorgasbord. Yeah. The only, the only, you've, you've only got one problem there. You'll come out and you'll have no tyres on your car. We're going to the Royal Mail at Sebastopol. Yeah, that's Geelong, isn't it? Yeah, yep. but we're just having right. chips in a pot. Oh, Maybe so a bit of garlic not, bread. Because, not so great? Because the Bain-Marie didn't look too good. <laughs> well, see, now that, that's another thing. Will Bain-Marie's actually exist going forward? No. Because, I, I mean, there's no more buffets. No buffets, no Bain-Marie's. No Bain-Marie's. No um, then we're off to Gerildery. To the Royal Mail uh, at Gerildery. Right. And that's Kelly Country. So we're going yep. to their... They've got a section of their uh, pub called the Kelly Bistro. Of course, <laughs> of course they do. And we're going to have the Ned Kelly Palmer there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And then uh, locally, close to home, in Spencer Street, Melbourne, there's ah. a Royal Mail. Right. Just round from the Festering Hall. Festering, yes. Okay. And we are going to have the pork and pepper snags Ooh. with mash... 
Green peas, onion, and gravy. So, are they are these bar meals, or are these the restaurant these are in piece? Their restaurant. In the restaurant piece, right? And to finish off, the most famous raw meal of all is at Dunkeld, which is which is a big. Uh, it's a big destination place to go. Dunkeld. The Royal Mail at Dunkeld. It's a gastronomic. It's got three hats. I don't know where Dunkeld is. Dunkeld, Dunkeld is Southern Grampians. I was going to say, I thought it sounds like it's in Scotland. Mm, Dunkeld. <laughs> so this is their tasting menu for $190. What? <laughs> Righto. Yeah. yeah. We'll have all, all four of us will have that. Thanks. We, we, well, that's what you have. It's a set menu. So this is this is what you get there. It's a bit better than the one at uh, at Witchy Proof or, right. or Whittlesea. So we're starting with uh, Cylindra Beetroot Bone Marrow Sweet Sicily and Sugar Beet. <laughs> and we're having that with the 2015 uh, Riesling from Germany. Right. And then we're having Blue Eye with Stinging Nettle, Sprouting Broccoli and Smoked Eel. We're having that with the Vognier from the United States, the Willamette Valley. Ah. Then we're having duck with angelica custard and sour green rhubarb. We're having that with a Barolo from Italy. Yep. Then we're having the Royal Mail lamb, nasturtium, carrots, yuzu and buckwheat. And we're having that with a Syrah from South Africa. Yeah. And we're finishing with the acorn cream and quince mill fuel with rotten leaf ice cream. And we're having that with a little bit of a Pedro Jimenez from the Coonawarra. So the Royal Mail at Dunkeld is where we'll finish. So... Is that $190 a head? A head. Tell you what, you're getting a nice old touch up. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good though, apparently. Um, and it's, I'll tell you what. It's a it, destination. It's been a, lo- uh, it's been a while since uh, I've heard or read uh, anybody make reference to a Viognier. Yes. Um, which sort of came into play like 15 years ago, maybe. Yeah, they used to mix it with Shiraz a bit. Yeah, that's right. But yep. uh, it's, it stands on its own as a good uh, There you go. Grape. I mean, the, wine, the wines sound pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, I would be... I might be a bit suspect on the size of the serves. Yeah, <laughs> you might have to go to the uh, Royal Mail at uh, at um, probably over at um, Witchy Proof. Might, or... might need to go to Macca's on the way. Home. <laughs> no, so, but anyway, well, that's, well, that's, that's an, my that, see. My, that's an experience. My though, little it? little sojourn, and it's going to be my <clears> destination. There are a couple I might miss. I might give the, yeah, um, the, the might give the one at. Um, it's Sebastopol, it? miss. Yeah. Maybe the one at which you put. Well, the one you said that you're only going to have a pot and fries. <laughs> that didn't, that's not overly. Encouraging. But if we're ticking off, if we if we if we're doing the Royal Mail, yeah. like we're doing Brighton, yeah. we've got to go to we've each other and the... say that we've ticked, and we've got to collect. We've got to put the passport, the stamp, and the passport. Each one we so, get to. So, do you think that maybe we we do uh, the Royal Mail uh, of the year, yeah. and we actually go and do a little tour? And uh, we'll pre- we'll present them with the two smoking guns trophy. Well, they, of we'll the give best a, we'll Royal them, Mail Hotel. We'll give them a certificate Vic- that they can hang up in their bistro. Yeah, it's something. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll we'll get something. We'll we we'll get our logo mounted onto something. That we'll do that. We'll give them one of our stubby so holders. <laughs> exactly. Oh dear me. And well, for those of you that do want any merch, of course we do have the stubby holders. We do. And we have the t-shirts. We've got some and caps. We have the caps. We've got some t-shirts. Yes. You've only just got to. Oh, I've got about 50 of them at my house. Well, what do they, what do, they do? They need to go to our, fa- our Facebook yes, page? Yes, they just go to our Facebook and page. And send us a little message and, just and say, say Tell oh, us I would like want. a stubby holder, Rutsy yep. and Scotty. Yep, that's And we'll fine. arrange that. Now, my uh, my last question to you, and I, I've just loved your, your little segment there on, uh, on Royal Mail Hotels. How many of them were in 
Main Street. <laughs> yes, quite a few <laughs> ah. in Main Street. Some were in High Street. Oh, in High. That's right. Yes. So what would? Uh, so we need to we need to formulate a little list of the most famous uh, Main Street names in country towns. Yeah. So you know whether it is the Main Street. Well, or there's a lot the... of different sort of. I like the Royal Mail. There's a lot of Imperials. Yeah, a lot as of well. Imperials. Yep. And um, I just think it'd be good to get a few of these most common pub names. I think that's a little subject for me Righto. to carry over into next week to Brilliant. do a little bit more investigation. No, you, you do that. I did also find some very nice Royal Mail hotels in Queensland. Oh. And a couple in New South Wales as well. Yeah, good luck. So, um, <laughs> when we're allowed yeah, to travel. 2028, we we'll, might, uh, we'll report back. We might add them to our collection. Now, just while you're talking about food, um, and, you know, you know, I've had a bit more time on my hands and um, you know, on days when the weather's a little bit inclement and you know, I just poke around and look at things and um, I like doing that on, the, on social media. And uh, I, I came across um, uh, Jamie Oliver. And uh, well, did, had you not come across him before? Well, or? Well, no, no, no. I had come across him before, but I, I have always been a little bit perplexed. And and he caught my attention when he said, "I'm going to show you how to make the best um, poached eggs." Now, I've always not battled, but they don't. I, I you you go some places and, and they look like they've they've come out of an art gallery. Yeah, they turn they yeah. turn them out. And mine look as though they've come out of a trash and treasure. <laughs> Barbecue, right? Well, you've got to swirl the water, Scotty. Now that's the thing, Rutsy. So, so what? And a bit he... of vinegar. No. So he's gone. The vinegar is not required mm. when you spin the water. Yeah, and you've got so, to you've got to turn it off so it's not bubbling. Uh, correct. So the water's it. got to. So you bubble the water, but then you basically leave it with only just little tiny yeah. bubbles or that, none. That's it. Three minutes. Yeah. But you swirl the water with your with get your, it going get, like get it going a, get the whirlpool going, yeah. and you drop the egg in into the middle, and all the swirling is going to condense all the stuff around the edge of the egg. Well, I peeled off two yesterday yeah. that I nearly had to take a photo of. <laughs> now, and I went to the bride and said, "Have you seen two better?" <laughs> actually on Friday morning, I said, "Have you seen two better eggs than that?" And then I showed her what I had on my plate. Right? No. Um, <laughs> have you seen two better eggs than that? And they were absolutely Absolutely superb. There and then you, you put the little slit in the top and just no, let it run down across the only, bacon. It's only taken you 35 years to figure no, out. It was the it. easiest thing of all. And then he even taught me how to hold a knife. Oh. <laughs> you know, because he's teaching his son, you've got to make sure you put your thumb on one spot and your finger on the other, and then you then you grip the handle so that you can control where the knife goes. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I know how to use a knife, obviously, but just about the you know the professional technique Techniques. of how they do things. So, and then I even got uh, somebody even showed me how to cut an onion where um, where your peepers don't run. Yeah, yeah, I need to be taught. So, that. I've tried various methods. And then the other, the last one was uh, where you, now if I gave you a couple of limes, I said I want you to just squeeze some limes for me. Yeah. When you've got the lime in front of you. Um, which way are you going to cut it? I just cut it straight. In so half. you so you get the you get the lime and you're just going to chop it down the middle, yeah, down the down guts, the guts, right? down the guts. So what happens is uh, there's a core in there. Yeah. So when you actually squeeze the half, you're going to get bugger all out of it. Yeah. So what you actually have to do is turn it on the other end, and you chop down, you chop down the side, flip it uh, 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 forty five degrees, cut it again, cut it again, cut it again. So you're left with wedges, then you squeeze the wedges, and then you get the central core that you've got left and you twist it. 
And you see the amount of lime juice you get out of a lime, it'll be twice the amount than the way you cut it. Lime. And I was always cutting it the way you were too. Lime extraction expert. Lime, I've just become a lime technical expert on extraction. That must have gone really nicely in your vodka lime and soda. No, I tell you, no, I tell you what I've got. I've got a big container that's got uh, lemon, lime, uh, ginger, and mint, and that's in a, in a water solution. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, it, it it helps lots of things. Um, I'm sure it would. Yes, it's uh, it, it it extracts lots of things from your body from oh, time to time. Toxins. Uh, yes, there's a bit of that, and um, uh, you could probably put it in the diuretic category. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have, oh, cucumber is the other piece that's in there. Yeah, cucumber is good. Cucumber in there. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I've got a batch of that made up. So I have a couple of glasses of that every every day. And, good on you. Yeah, just to uh, try and balance out the other. Be better with vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a run one day. See how we go. What do you got, old mate? Well, I want to talk to you about left-handers. Ah, Molly Dukas. Molly Dukas. Molly Dukas. So, um, where's that saying come from? I don't what's know. What's a Molly? What's a, a Molly Duker? A cackhander? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, left-handers. So, right. lefty. Who's the greatest lefty ever? Is the ah. conversation starter? Yeah, good. And um, you know, we could reel off a few. Uh, golfer Phil Mickelson, fairly yep. famous lefty. Yep. Um, and it's a success in a sport that's had an institutional bias against left-handers because golf course architects design their layouts based on the fact that up to 90% of the population is right-handed. Did you know that? No. There you go. So at left-handers at a disadvantage? Apparently on a golf course. Only five, only four left-handers have ever won a major, Mickelson, um, Mike Weir, Bob Charles, and Bubba Watson. Bubba Watson, who's never had a golf lesson in his life. Yeah, it's freaking. Isn't it? Oh yeah. Um, the greatest left-hander to play tennis, um, arguably, there's Rod Laver. Yeah. Martina no, Navratilova. Yep. There's McEnroe. Yep. And there's also Rafa Nadal. Yeah, Rafa. Fun fact: he's not left-handed. Really? He's right-handed, and he's the urban myth goes that Uncle Tony, who you see at all his games, yeah. Um, forced the naturally right-handed Nadal to go left because he deemed it an advantage based on which side of the court you serve to finish a game. Really? Hmm. Is that masterful oh, tactician? Yeah, 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 that's brilliant. And um, so there you go. So Uncle Tony, um, so he just worked on his left and now he's a left-handed player, and arguably, um, probably from a majors one or something like that, They're probably the best left-hander to play the game. Uh, boxing, Marvin Hagler, Manny yep. Pacino, yep. both Southpaws. Yeah, Southpaws. Rocky was a Southpaw too. Yeah. Um, in um, in baseball in America, Babe Ruth was a left-hander. Yeah, yes. In cricket, which is our sport, Yep. I had this argument in an Irish pub in New York that cricket was better than baseball. Oh, God, yeah. Um, it's probably the wrong city to pick that fight. Yeah. You, but anyway. You probably had the crowd against you. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have the mood of the meeting, Scotty. <laughs> you didn't have a quorum. <laughs> no. But I battled away well. Oh, um, but uh, great, great left-handed cricketers. Adam Gilchrist, Brian yep. Lara, yep. Alistair Cook, David Gower, yep. Clive Lloyd. Clive Lloyd, Lloyd, yep. Um, um, Cook, uh, Sangakara, Lara, Shandapal, Alan Border. Yeah. Was a left-hander. Um, and so is our keeper. And our keeper. Um, lefty bowlers. 
Um, oh. Mitchell Johnson. Yep. Um, Wazim Akram. Yeah, Wazim. Yep. Alan Davidson. Um, obviously, our current lot. Um, Stark, etc. Um, probably also um, Wazim Akram. Yeah, it wasn't Macron. Uh And then um, probably Garfield Sobers was probably the best left-handed yep. um, batsman. Yep. So I just thought it was pretty interesting, really, because um, I reckon out of all of that, I would say, because I love cricket, I'd probably say um, Garfield Sobers is probably the, the pick of them for me out of all that. But there yep. you go. Yeah, and I reckon, uh, you know, Wasim in probably uh, as a bowler. Oh, yeah, he was a Although star. they reckon he might have, um, allegedly, he uh, he was very keen on um, giving his attention to the ball in preparation before he bit came of, to the bit cruise. Bit of tamper tamper? Well, I think there's, there used to be, um, it's alleged, uh, and I've heard a, a genuine story um, firsthand. Uh, that um, yes, he was quite keen on uh, making the ball uh, do as much as possibly could. <laughs> Put it now, that um, way. so the other thing I'll just continue Allegedly. on. There's um, there's a it's a really there's a little docu. You go to Netflix and you you search for this thing called Speed Cubers, and it's about well, oh, I reckon I world saw it the other day. champion Rubik's cube solvers. Yeah, I saw a whole doco on this yeah, the other day. There's a, about this a young bloke and, young his, bloke? and his mate. And they often go up against each other. So this is a guy. The guy's name is Felix Zemdegs. Yep. Now he's 24. Yep. He's he's the World Cube Association World Champion. Right. For the second year running. Yes, of course he is. He can even crack a cube blindfolded. Yep. So right? Yep. Um, he can solve a Rubik's Cube in under four seconds. It's just mathematical. Hmm. It's a mathematical problem. And if you know how to, if you know the sequence of the mathematic, then, but how they do it blind, that's another story. <laughs> it's an actual sport now. Yep. It has world championships and everything like that. Yep. And Felix, he's 24. He's won the world championship twice. But he also, there's also this guy, Max Park. He's an Asian American kid with, yeah, that's with autism. Yep, that's him. And he's knocked off that, most of Zemdeg's world records. That's, that's his mate. Yeah, yeah, they're they're mates. Yeah, uh, and he's a, he's a genius. So Zemdegs and this Max Park is his mentor, teaching yep. him how to handle it all, etc. But um, I caught my eye. I'm going to look that up. So I'm glad to see that you saw that. Yeah, I did. It was uh, I. We just happened to come across it, and I think you know there was somebody standing there, you know, with about twenty Rubik's cubes in front of them, just picking them up, just going down, down, down. It was unbelievable. And he, and and I even saw there's a cube now that's actually where one of the nine faces of a cube that face now has four different colours on it. So there's four. So we got the three three by three. Uh, it just multiplies the probability out. Yeah, correct. And then there's even a bigger cube. Than the three by three, I think there's a like a five by five. Oh, so that's a different variant of the puzzle. <laughs> oh, good luck. Good luck. It's up there. It's up there with Sudoku for me. So I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna have a look oh. at that little doco. No, you should. It's, yeah. it's, it's really, really good. 
Yep. So um, we'll take a quick break, um, play another song, another message song, right. and come back and... Uh, Gee, the footy's on soon. I oh, know. I have to finish this show yeah, early and we, go. Yeah, we might have to pull a hammy at about, pull 20, a hammy at about 22. Yeah, 3.30. Yeah. Can we pull up short today, Cole, <laughs> if you're listening? <laughs> All right. No, we'll be back in a second. Right, mate. Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install block out blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians, and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 9502 1414. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM sponsor. Hi, I'm Victoria's Chief Health Officer, Brett Sutton. Right now, we're experiencing higher rates of community transmission of coronavirus. That means it's more important than ever that we each do what we can to protect ourselves and each other. Wearing a mask will provide you with a physical barrier to coronavirus. But we also need to remember, masks are not the only way to stay safe. Wherever you can, keep one and a half metres apart from others, wash your hands often and cough or sneeze into a tissue or your elbow. And if you have symptoms, get tested. Victoria, let's stay home and let's stay safe. G'day, this is Steve Liddell from Street Science and I love to blow things up. I'm not talking about balloons. Finding out how stuff interacts is one of the many fun things about science. Whether it's making slime, some hot ice, or even launching a rocket. With science, there's no limits. You can learn, create, and experiment anywhere you like. Wherever you might be, National Science Week has something for you. Find out how you can get involved at scienceweek.net.au. From Paran to Parkdale, you're listening to Southern FM.
Is a good song when you can play an in excess song, yep. Scotty. Cracking good band, uh, genius ripper, uh, band. very very good. That was I send a message off send their. Um, I think that was off the Swing album. The swing album. Off the Swing. Would that have been around the time that he might have been courting uh, Miss Minug? Uh, perhaps, <laughs> per chance, oh. per chance. Yes, there was a yes, courtship there. Yes, I believe there was. Yes, yes. Uh, I, it's Australian rock royalty. Quote, there. Quote, quote unquote. He taught. He taught me uh, everything I know. Uh, so he obviously was an educator. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> yeah. So maybe he was her tutor yeah. <laughs> in Push <laughs> Something. Yeah. Anyway, she. There uh, you go. Almost so that's my third time. message song for the day, and it might have one more in me. Right couple, on. couple to go right. there. Well, well, you know this. Uh, our last half an hour always flies. It and, does uh, fly. And the, uh, the the principal thought we were trying to wag school because uh, we got a very firm message back down the track saying <laughs> we absolutely cannot finish early. But not happy. Uh, we weren't. Uh, we <laughs> we weren't being serious. We'll we'll fulfill our duty as we always oh, do. do. And, well, I'll, uh, keep, I'll have the scores up. Yeah, no. Well, we'll we, yeah, we might go a bit wayward. We might get excited about a score or two or something. Well, I might, might we could just do a live. We could do a live commentary, commentary. live commentary to the game. You want, you want to have a have a crack at yeah. that? Yeah, big um, game for the Saints today. Must yeah, win. Yeah, no big game. Hey, I tell you what. Speaking about big games, how was the touch up that uh, didn't the pies get cooked yesterday? Yes. Hey. Yes, I think they're undermanned. Yeah. So they got. A lot, I know they got a lot of injuries. Yes, when but, you get um, belted by Melbourne, you know something's well, not and, going so and well. Melbourne weren't travelling all that well, no. sort of four or five weeks ago. But they're sort of just coming out of the almost coming back on the scene. Somehow. It's going to be an interesting run to the um, to the end because there's only a few games left, Scotty. This is what everyone forgets. There's yeah, only 18 games this season. Yeah. So what are we up to? We're up to about 12. Is this 12? Well, yeah. There's only six to go. Yeah, this is 12, I think. Yeah, I think it's around 11 or 12. So um, it's yeah. getting... It's yeah. getting Close. Those pussy, and the yeah. pussycats look a bit scary. Mm. And that's even, Don't without, they? even without Ablett. <laughs> yeah. They look a bit scary. So West Coast. Uh, yep. Um, and the Tigers. You know, yeah. And, and, well, and Port up top of the table. And then don't forget Brisbane. Yeah. I mean, it's. Um, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm ever hopeful. But I reckon um, win today, and we uh, we, yeah, we stay well, in the eight. The Saints. So well, we win today. We actually, I think we don't move depending on how much we if we win and by by a lot we do. We'd go to fourth. Otherwise, we stayed fifth. Yeah, I think was my estimation. Hey, uh, talking about the footy. Yes. It, 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 this, tell me if you think this is crazy. Yes. The um 
the grand final public holiday. Yeah. Which is crazy anyway, right? It's so I've was, I never understood why it was introduced. Well, I do understand why it was introduced because it was a... It was a as a sap from Andrews to his union buddies to give him another RDO, um, but it does nothing for retailing in the CBD on a big day and you get all these crowds into town and they can't go to a shop because it's shut. Yep, stupid, yep. stupid, irresponsible government again. Yep, um, but even st- more stupidly, <laughs> more stupider, more stupider, more stupidest. <laughs> Is the grand final isn't even going to be in Melbourne? Yep, and they're still going to have a grand final holiday yeah, on the yeah. Friday. Yeah, and it, it's and partly to uh, then also have the grand final parade, which won't be happening. Stupider, <laughs> stupider, stupider. Yep. Oh god. I mean, if if they really if they really wanted dumb to and give, dumber, if they wanted to give us something, give us the Monday. Give us the Monday, so we can actually watch the AFL Saturday, the NRL Sunday. Then have Monday off. I always prefer Monday. So, um, and, and because the the construction boys would have just taken an RDO on the Friday, yeah, that's all and do. then they get the public holiday on the Monday anyway. Well, that's just so another just another, the wrong day. Another thing I just point out: stupid, <laughs> just stupid, stupid things. Stupider. Hey, do you know that the uh, the rules that change? There's going to be a change to the rules in Pictionary and Scrabble. Oh well, be still my beating heart. What could they be? I tell you what, they're going to be. They're going to put more X's in. No. No, the, the the new rule is now, and it's actually going to be written into the rules of the game. Into the constitution of Pictionary. Into the constitution, to the very heart, to the absolute fabric of the construction of said games. Um, the new rule is you have to put your mobile phone into the empty lid uh, of the box. Ah, so you can't cheat. Well, not... And it's, it's sort of... The cheating's sort of part of it, but... Uh, it's to eliminate distractions and possible cheating <laughs> that goes on all the time. Um, I'm just ducking out to the toilet or, and I've come back with my 26-letter yeah, score. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, with, with, with XB I just and, came to me. XB, D and T all in the same word. I mean, imagine. Uh, all players must put their smartphones on the empty box lid. Now more than ever, it is critical that we find ways to connect. Uh, the rule changes reminds Australians to take a break from their screens, connect with those in our homes, and be fully engaged in play. When we disconnect from technology, we can appreciate each other's company and have lots of fun too. Oh, uh, so isn't it's a, that lovely? It's, yeah, so anyway, so um, a chance to disconnect and reconnect for all ages. <laughs> this is, how, this are they, how are they going to police those rule changes? Uh, they they bring in the Australian Defence Force uh, to... Yeah. <laughs> oh, who, who knows? But, um, but now, I could, now, do you... Do you have you ever been guilty of this? Have you ever looked up a crossword solver? I don't do, do, do crosswords. I don't do crosswords. I do the occasional no, crossword, and no. I normally get them to you know seventy five, eighty percent, and I'm just stuck. Yep. So you can go to crossword solvers. Yeah. No, I tell you, I, I, the really bizarre part is uh, if somebody said to me, oh, "I'm stuck in crossword," you know, what, what do you think? I can actually come up with the word and give them the answer. If I go into a crossword myself. I, I can't get past three down. <laughs> yeah, no, I like, I like I'm, that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not you. I'm not. I've only. I've not used the um, Sudoku solver. Nah. Um, because I, when I get to Sudoku and I stuff it up, I just get angry and crunch, crunch it up and throw it in the bin. 
No. And try again tomorrow. The one I like is the, the one with all the letters in a circle and then one letter in the middle. Oh, yeah. And you have to but use then, that letter. But then they make up one word. Yeah. And I, I, I like oh, I, I like that one. Yeah, too. no, I don't, I don't mind having to. To get the nine letter correct. word out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I don't. And sometimes I can actually, I can just look at it and it comes to me straight away. And other times I scratch my head for a bit. Mm. But anyway, so, uh, so this is all about put your phones down, engage with others. Uh, and in fact, we we sort of did a, a almost a piece of that last night in my house. I, mm. I actually um, managed to uh, secure uh, by uh, strange means um, a fifteen hundred piece jigsaw puzzle, mm. which is about eighty four centimeters wide mm. and about fifty five centimeters high, and it's of a little uh, seaside village in Malta. Mm. Um, so it's got lots of colours, got water and. Well, can I tell you, uh, talk about bees to the honeypot. When, really? when I pulled it out of the box and laid it down, I was swarmed. You, you'd, reckon, you'd reckon I had a packet of chips and then seagulls came from everywhere. Uh, anyway, we, so... Children a, had never seen a there, jigsaw well, puzzle before. I, there's a fair chance by the time I get back home today, the damn thing will be finished. <laughs> so, but I'll tell you what I did notice, uh, which none of you, us... You know what you should do, Scotty? Yeah, what's that? Just nick a piece and put it in your pocket. <laughs> just, 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 drive. just absolutely drive them well, crazy. But it, it was something that I was sort of going to do because you know one of them sort of still studying, the other one's actually now working from home. So I thought, well, you know, I've got to find something to do myself. So yeah. anyway, currently, uh, fair not, chance, not not actively employed. Uh, well, I am. Well, uh, well, I just, uh, I, I actually just have a, a bit of a handbrake on the start date. <laughs> uh, yes. I was having a chat to my uh, my new people that I'm looking forward to joining and. They said we're closed for six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> See you in September. See, See if the business so anyway, is still alive. Uh, got uh, got another two or three weeks, and uh, but I can't do anything. Hmm. Well, I can't even play golf. You no. know, you and I can't even go and go and golf no, or no, do ridiculous. any of that. I can't go to the movies. Yeah. I can't go for a. I can't go for a walk down the beach because hmm. I live more than five k's away. Now, well, you've you've got anyway. me on my rant. Can I go on my rant? Yes, now? please. Because yes. I, this has been burning like a like a I don't know something at the a core hot of, poker like a hot poker that, right so you know for some time I've been on this um, hashtag greater good yes so there's a gentleman that writes for the weekend Australian Steve Waterson who's written a brilliant article yes called the expensive epidemic of runaway stupidity yep which is a catchy headline for me yep like it um so he's basically calling into question the entire lockdown process, right? Yes. Because he says, if we cancel the lockdown immediately and its cases were permitted to grow at 1,000 a day, right? Yep. It would take 18 years for everybody to get infected. <laughs> and... Um, and that's just people getting infected because, of course, yeah. not everyone dies. Yeah, because thing, only, you know. only 1% of people have passed Correct. away. Um, worldwide... Um, if he, he extrapolates oh, that um, the deaths from COVID nineteen, which are roughly roughly seven hundred thousand globally, yep, globally, yep. given the roughly six mil, sixty million deaths uh, a year, um, that's a that's a fr- infinitesimal percentage yep. of the yep. overall deaths. Yeah, um, he talks, and I love this. Can I, I'm going to quote him verbatim. Yeah, lovely. He said. Um, the ultimate showcase of political innumeracy 
is the quasi-religious ritual of the reading of the cases by Mr. North Face himself. No. <laughs> Witnessed and recorded by the faithful in the media who love to have their work handed to them on a plate, oh. it has become a farce within this bigger farce. The sombre priestly arch buffoon blesses reporters with fodder for their blog updates, sprinkling them with numbers that look like, an in, look like information but withstand no scrutiny. Um, cases, as a moment's reflection reveals, do not equal sickness, much less hospitalisations. Until we are entrusted with the knowledge of how many are the results of tests on people who show no symptoms, they serve only to strike terror into the innumerate. Indeed, why do we need to hear these figures at all? We don't get daily updates for other diseases. They serve no useful purpose as we are not given sufficient detail to make our own assessment of their significance, decide on the level of risk they represent and tailor our activities accordingly. The primary person seems to be to post-rationalise our leaders' devastating, simple-minded lockdowns and border closures and to panic people into sporting their masks of obedience should they be sufficiently reckless as to leave their homes. So I love this. Um, so um, perhaps the announcement, if they must continue, could give us real information. For example, there have been 637 new cases today, but happily 480 were young people who had no symptoms and didn't know they'd been infected. Oh, and only two of today's cases were serious enough, serious enough to need to go to hospital. That would be more information. So um, I think... Right. Um, anyway, so... That's my ramble, my right. rant. Um, but it's a very good article. and um, be, But it goes on to talk a little bit about um, it, the, the, the whole scaremongering thing. Um, and I guess um, basically we're only reporting one aspect. So there are plenty of other people that, um, that get sick. Um, we don't report yep. those facts and figures. Um, so it's um, basically an article that's basically just, a, you know, it's a... It's a self-justification piece. But the thing is... That's uh, going on. You know, the, the, the bottom line is every single life does matter, right? So, you know, and whether the whether it's the elderly who then contract this or and then it's compounded by their current medical condition, I mean... You know, I, I don't whether it's whether it's this or it's you know, give me any give me anything else in the world that that's got sort of a, a poor outcome. There's always going to be the skeptics. There's going yes, to be the, the scaremongering and the you know. So I don't know. It's uh, you know. So it's my it's just my view. You're, and, no, uh, and it's, it's, you're, and I know you're, you're well entitled to yeah, it. And I just think that there's um, selective information being handed out, and I know it's a terrible thing. But seriously, um, this is these are not my words. <laughs> no. I'm just reading someone else's opinion. Yeah, that's right. And I just think it's more it's interesting to have uh, an alternative opinion to some of the opinions that are. Giving shoved down our throat by the politicians. Yeah, it's um, it's so I will stop there. 
because right. I didn't want to get too serious today. But um, no, we will take a break and right. come back and talk about some uh, interesting stuff. I think you've got some more stuff well, there gonna... about the 1800s, which in, we loved in, from the other day. In Collingwood this and time. And I want to hear all about the mullets. Yes, right up. Done. All right, we'll yep. do that. Thank you. When your future feels uncertain, it's time to ask for help. Bendigo Bank has been helping our customers through tough times for over 160 years. If you're a Bendigo Bank customer, talk to us about ways we can help you through this one. We have financial assistance packages available, so don't wait. Visit our website or contact your local Bendigo Bank branch. Together, we'll see you through to better times. Bendigo Bank, the better big bank. Southern FM sponsor. Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install block-out blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 9502 1414. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM sponsor. Whether you live near the coast or inland, the world's oceans still produce some of your food and influence your weather. I'm Professor Emma Johnston, and as a marine ecologist, I study how the oceans and humans interact. It's like working in a giant underwater science lab. This National Science Week, discover more about the fascinating world around us by diving into one of hundreds of online events at scienceweek.net. Hi, I'm Victoria's Chief Health Officer, Brett Sutton. Right now, we're experiencing higher rates of community transmission of coronavirus. That means it's more important than ever that we each do what we can to protect ourselves and each other. Wearing a mask will provide you with a physical barrier to coronavirus. But we also need to remember, masks are not the only way to stay safe. Wherever you can, keep one and a half metres apart from others, wash your hands often and cough or sneeze into a tissue or your elbow. And if you have symptoms, get tested. Victoria, let's stay home and let's stay safe. From Mordialic to Malvern, you're listening to Southern FM.
Bit of ska there for oh, you, Scotty. A little bit of reggae. A little bit of the specials for you. A little bit of reggae, man. Yeah. Bit of ska town. Lovely. That's a very, that, that song's been covered by so many people. Uh, Madness did a version oh, of it. I reckon the oh, there's tons of people who have done a done a cover of that. But that was the specials with the message to you, Rudy. Right, yes. Very good. You've done. You've just too that's beautifully. A, that's, a, the, that's that's taking your way back to the late seventies, early eighties, Scotty. Yeah, Bit of scar your, action. Your thematics. Did are, I tell you? Did I tell you last year when we were allowed to go out <laughs> that I went and saw I remember a, when? a Madness cover band. No. And it was absolutely electric. Really? It was very, very good. Was it? Officially endorsed. <clears throat> the uh, the only officially endorsed Madness cover band. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by, endorsed by the band Madness themselves. But uh, it was a ripping night of pork pie hats and dancing. Really? And, oh, lots of j- silliness and japers. Uh, it was very, very good. It was very, very, good. very good fun. So there you go. That's the fourth in my uh, songs with the word message in them. Righto. Well, and, can uh, I, can we're I... on the sprint home now, and the Saints have got to go. Oh, Scotty, so uh, oh, they're up early. Hang on a second. <laughs> I'm just going just to... Uh, 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 we we apologise for any technical <laughs> difficulty that, that the station is currently experiencing. Uh, we'll be we'll be back with our signal shortly. <laughs> no, uh, just joking, just joking. Hey, can I take you back to eighteen hundreds? Oh, I'd like. I'd like yeah. this, this is apropos so, of the stuff you did. Yeah, last that's week. right. So this goes back to this historian, Michael Shelford, yes. the creator of the guide for Melbourne historical crime tours, and we said we'd need to go and do a historical crime tour with him some stage because I reckon it'd be quite oh, fascinating. Would be fascinating. Wouldn't it? So here's another piece now, but you can actually hear uh, the extrapolation uh, of this uh, on a uh, on a podcast, um, oh, okay. which uh, comes out today. Day, if memory serves. So, yes, what it is. So, if you recall, um, this is uh, episode two of a five-part Larrikins and Laneways. Larrikins Remember that? We talked about that last week. That's what it was. Series, uh, Larrikins, Larrikins and Laneways series in the free... Uh, in the free in black and white podcast on Australia's forgotten characters out today, so you can type that in and you might be able to find it. But I'll uh, I'll just talk you through this quickly if I can, because again, just another great story. Um, and I hope they. Uh, it's a shame they're only going to do five parts. It's uh, I'd love to keep reading these. Collingwood had a bad reputation for sly grog and crime in the late eighteen hundreds. But much of the blame... Still does, got it. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 there's a lot, yes, um, yeah, uh, not going there. Um, <laughs> too hard, um, uh, too costly, uh, much of the, but much of the blame fell squarely on the shoulders of just one family. Uh, the notorious Collis family became such a headache for Collingwood police that desperate authorities even resorted to having their houses condemned to run them out of town. Really? Yep. The Collis family uh, is the subject of episode two, uh, as I say, of Larrikins and Laneways. So the historian uh, Michael Shelford uh, says the girls of the family helped run the the family sly grog business while the boys caused havoc as members of street gangs known as Larrikin Pushers. Larrikin Pushers? Larrikin Pushers, right. So one of the Collingwood gangs the Collis boys uh, joined did not start out as a gang at all but rather a football team called Fernside. 
Fernside. Right? So, uh, you, you don't want to play Fernside, right? You don't want to play Fernside. <laughs> hey, the after match yeah, that entertainment's oh, pretty good, though. Fernside. No, they didn't wait for the after the match, let me tell you. <laughs> there was no waiting. They played similar teams from other suburbs, Shilford said. The problem was they caused all sorts of <laughs> havoc. <laughs> there was vandalism happening, uh, language, gang fights during the actual football during games, the <laughs> and they ended up being banned. So the Fernside football team transformed into the Fernside Larrikin Push. The Larrikin Push. So they became a gang when they started off as a crap football team, but they were pretty good with their hands. Uh, Shelford says the gang would sit on a wall every night uh, behind, uh, behind the Collingwood Town Hall talking footy. Uh, maybe that's where the name of the show comes from. Created <laughs> by the Colossus. Um, yeah. And then number up to decide how many policemen they could take on that night. Oh, are you kidding? No. Nah, there'd be a head count of the gang. How many police can we attack? There's 30 of us. I reckon yeah. we can take 10, he says. The family who lived in Perry Street also ran uh, illegal two-up games at Dyke Falls and were loosely connected to bookmaker John Wren's infamous Collingwood tote. Yes, yes, John Wren. The power and the glory. That's right. Uh, but it was when the family slow business um, grog, uh, slow grog business really kicked off during World War One, when six o'clock, you know, the six o'clock swill. Yes. yes so when yes. six o'clock closing was introduced for pubs, the authorities were forced to act. Fed up ratepayers flooded the police with complaint letters about <laughs> about all night partying, drunkenness, violence, and foul language. Police used a female undercover sly grog detective to catch the Collis family in the act, and the operation was shut down soon after. See, I love the term sly grog. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. It's brilliant. It's it's great Absolutely. Term. The council had the houses condemned and demolished, and the Collises were forced to leave. In the black and white podcast, is uh, it's shifting to Thursdays from this week, so tune into episode three this Thursday. So if you... Uh, yeah, so it, it's... Um, I reckon that'd be fantastic to listen to that as well. So uh, I'm going to keep, keep an eye out for next week's uh, inclusion as to uh, Melbourne or parts of Melbourne in the 1800s and what went on. Now, I know we're going to be, uh, we hey, might get. Hey. Hey, Maxie what? King's already kicked two, mate. Oh, <laughs> I haven't even had a chance to put my multi on. <laughs> oh, stop it. Uh, Somebody stop me. <laughs> um, now, so can I continue on because you wanted me to also furnish you with... I want um, the mullets, you mate. Want Give the me mullets. mullets. Well, mate, I've got, I, I got more mullets than you'd find. Because in a, in I, don't a, know, a, I don't know if you've watched much of the AFL. Well, but they seem to have come out... This, this very, very rushed season that's going on. But they seem to have spent their time in the hubs. Yep. Growing. Well, well... <laughs> Mullets. Just developing really crap haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> shocking. Have you seen some of yeah, them? Did you see? Uh, did you happen to cop Lyndon Dunn's last week oh, on his first game? That's after an obscenity. A, I mean, seriously. I mean, you, yeah. I, I, I almost called him Rapunzel. I mean, you, you could almost plait it and just let yourself down. And oh, then, uh, and then the other one that uh, rivals his he's got to be Bailey Smith's. Oh, the, the dogs. Bulldogs one, mate. Seriously. That's, mate, that's really... Yeah. You know how the old saying with the mullet is up front for business, down back for pleasure? Oh, yeah. Well, he's taken the pleasure oh, way too uh, far. Yeah, yeah. You can't it's see halfway down his back. You can't, you can't see his number. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the long-headed bloke? Can't see his number. But they also do, to accentuate it, well, they, they do the cutting of the, um, the, the, oh, yeah, the hair the, on the side yeah, of the head right. just yeah. to make it look like a... 
Yep. No, they, mm. they get shaved and sometimes it's got shapes and, it, you know, all sorts of crazy things. So uh, I don't know if you've seen a young bloke. I think he's with the Gold Coast Suns, uh, uh, possibly. Uh, his name is Jeremy Sharp. Um, I don't even know how to describe what's on his head. Um, it, it defies uh, logic. It defies description. Uh, and then there is uh, the infamous Warwick Kappa. Oh, uh, he had a beauty. So uh, not only was it long, it was dark underneath and blonde on no, top. I so didn't. so he had that uh, that combination that was just dreadful. And what about Gary Ayers? Yeah, Do well, he is? he is the definite. There Mate. was there was footage um, of the Brownlow Medal. Yes, uh, one year. And they're all in. It was, I think, Gary Ayres was there in his brown velvet suit. Yep. With his mullet. Yep. Dermot Brereton's permed mullet was yep. in full stride. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was wearing a light grey uh, suit, <laughs> a um, suit with a pink bow tie or something like that. <laughs> Pastels were in then, and oh. uh, they they went round the room, and it was like the festival of the mullet. Oh, mate. It was brilliant. It, it, there was a guy, you might have it on your list there, who played for the Crows. For the Crows. Called Greg Anderson. Uh, yeah. If he didn't have yeah. one of the better mullets, yeah. he used to play on the wing, and he would run so fast down the wing, his mullet would. was like Rod. Watching, it was like watching Roger Vadurus. <laughs> the wind would get his or, mullet or, and it would stream behind him like a cape. What, what, what about Vinny Catoggio's? Oh, oh, Vinny, that was a Vin, permed mullet. Oh, yeah, plenty going. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you, the, the disturbing part for me is uh, they've, um, they've alleged that St Kilda forward Dan Butler's shorter mullet. Yeah, it's pretty good, the, is it? the butler mullet. Yeah. I don't mind it. Yeah. Is it? I don't, yeah, it's. I didn't think that he actually had what would be deemed a mullet, to be honest. But um, oh, here we go, mate. He can. Uh, I, I tell you what, it's like. Um, what's the What's the guy who cuts his hair and loses his pass? Samson. Yeah, Samson. Uh, Dan Butler can keep that haircut all season. He can do. He can do what he wants. Do whatever. Now he let wants. Let me just step you through this though. So there's some international reference. Uh, there are different iterations and names for the cut depending on where you are in the world. Oh, oh yes, Dan. Oh, what's oh, what's Dan by? Stand by. There might need to be a, a, a warning here. Uh, oh, hang on, it, hang on, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> get strong, that strong mullet warning. Strong language warning. <laughs> no, strong mullet warning. Strong mullet warning. Uh, in Sweden, Sweden, the mullet, the mullet is called hockey hair. Hockey hair. Hockey hair. Uh, in that allows players to grow their hair long, but still fit their head inside their helmet. <laughs> During the 70s in the US, it was known as the shag. The shag. <laughs> the shag, right. Really? The shag. And in New Zealand, the rear part of the mullet is called the mud flap. <laughs> <laughs> so he sits beyond the wheel. <laughs> uh, I like it. How good is that? Patrick, good on you. Patrick Swayze, Rob Lowe, David Bowie, Rock Mullets throughout the 80s. Patrick Swayze yep. did have one, didn't he? And by the 90s in Australia, the trend made its way to our screens in the form of um, Toadfish. Toady, Toady, neighbours, neighbours, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Eric Banner on full frontal, yes, yeah. yes. Very uh, good. Soon though, it was banished. Uh, for years, the style became associated with bogans. Expressing yourself through your hairstyle is something Richmond's Dustin Martin has been doing for years. Uh, he married both the mohawk and the mullet for his 2010 <laughs> debut. And in recent years, other players have followed suit, dabbling in everything from peroxide blonde transformations 
to foul uh, to faux hawks. You know also who had a lot of mullets going were the wrestlers. Do you remember the oh, WWF yeah. wrestlers oh, yeah. like yeah, Hulk they, Hogan and yeah, but and they, uh, they, Mr. They, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. But they had hair almost down to their waist. Randy though. the Macho Man <laughs> Savage had a mullet. <laughs> they all had mullets. Oh. Those wrestlers. Uh, now, there's a bloke here, um, uh, Todd uh, uh, Orovic, uh, describes the mallet as being a departure from the safe men's style of the of the 2000s. It's like, let's get rid of this tin cap, get uh, hair, uh, uh, tin cap, hair gel moment and return to the late 80s and 90s nostalgia. A fashion cliche, perhaps, but one that might just get us through the reality of our lockdown life. So, you know what Donald Trump's is? I think it's a side mullet. Uh, uh, because it sort of goes over, but he sort of manages to hairspray it back what? towards the back of his head. Oh, I thought it was like a Venus flytrap. <laughs> 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 or a little bit like those spider traps that just yeah, sort of open, open up, up and, and gobble <laughs> and go. <laughs> and then go back down again. Or or it's actually a sideboard, because when it flops right open, it actually yeah. sticks, out, <laughs> sticks out horizontally from his head, it's and like, he can actually rest a glass on it. It's remarkably uh, similar to Kevin Bartlett, hairstyle oh, um, oh, yeah. late in his career when he had the comb over going on oh totally yeah, yeah. yeah. that was a rather um, rather wonderful haircut so there we go and uh, they do make mention of Warwick Capper and, and Stephen Kernahan oh, had, had a mullet sticks. too yeah, and, and, and would it surprise you to recall that Peter Dacos had a pretty good yeah, mullet? Yeah, he had a pretty good mullet. Yeah, yeah. so he rocked out uh, He rocked out the locks. You know, Gary is, um, still wears a mullet. Does he? Yeah, yeah. it's not no. as severe as the one he, he uh, rocked in his playing days. Yeah, well. But he's working on my theory that one out of every seven years you're in fashion. <laughs> well, the, the picture I've got of him here, it, it comes down to just below his collarbone. Yeah. So he, he yeah. rocked out plenty. But No yeah. one's ever seen the back of Gary Ayres' neck. No, <laughs> uh, daylight hasn't either. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there we go. So there's the mullets, mate. They're um, thank you for that. That's all right. There's uh, they're, they're certainly not going away. No, <laughs> well, we are going away. We are going to go away because we're going to get Saints out of here. Have kicked four to Essendon's one already. Oh, we're going to get out of here. Maxi Kings like, kicked two, so we've got to get home and watch this. I've, uh, I've done all the shopping. This before, shellacking before the uh, the show started. And uh, I can just go directly home from here. I'm uh, going to go home via the, uh, the distillery. Oh, the distillery. Yes. Oh, right. Purchase some, yes. some lubricant. No, I've uh, no. I, I managed to find the distillery uh, in, in prior. Now we had so many more things to talk about today. But thanks for joining us again. As always, you've been listening to Spoken Guns. You go and have a great safe week, my old friend. Oh, and, I will uh, this look week. Look after yourself. And again, give your bride a big hug from us. Uh, in, in this tricky time for her and, Thank the, you. and the rest of the family and your, and your beautiful boys too. For, uh, Thanks, mate. In respect to their grandmother. Appreciate um, that. No, good on you, mate. And we will be back next week. Stand we by. will be back. For the-